This edition is dedicated to the memory of the American dream, Dusty Rhodes. This is the main event. What you gonna do? If you're so mad. Best there is, best there was, best there ever will be. Woo! Yeah! I am, yeah. I am the game. Gaston Cole said so. Oh my God. What I'd like to have right now. Rest in peace, be the man! You gotta beat the man! Are you ready? Everyone has a price! Yeah, I come here to fight! Standing ovation here! Let's go to our ring announcer! Introducing your old school pro wrestling nostalgia podcast, Beyond the Bell! schoolers we are back it's that time once again in which we take you back in time to relive the past the history we archive sports entertainment professional wrestling the industry the business the genre the art we love so very much we return once again here on the sns radio network and i'm your party host your old school conduit sean beckerman as i travel through time with you take you back to relive the best and worst in wrestling it's been a while since our last edition and i apologize for that schedules very very hectic summer schedules coming about and my other duties professionally and personally came into play and pushed back some of our recordings but we are in the fan appreciation month of beyond the bell in june and we'll kick that off with a special edition tonight for you fans our first ever q and a not tna but q and a question and answers revolving world-class championship wrestling you've guys sent in many many questions and topics to, to discuss and I've broken it up into three parts, and this is part one, breaking down your questions, your input from our world-class milestone series, Reliving World-Class Championship Wrestling. Tonight, we relive some of the greatest music in world-class history and your feedback and questions as we carry through Fan Appreciation Month, your shows, your suggestions, what you want throughout the whole month. And of course, we've been delayed we're halfway through the month, and we're finally kicking this, kicking this off. But I apologize for that, and we'll move forward and providing you guys with great old-school content. And as a result of this delay, I decided to extend Fan Appreciation Month throughout July into August. The month goes into a season. It's the summer season Fan Appreciation here at Beyond the Bell. But off the top... All of us at the SNS Radio Network, especially here on Beyond the Bell, would like to give our condolences to the Runnels Rhodes family for the loss of a true icon, a forefather of this business. Yes, he came through 
in the latter years as opposed to the 1800s, the pioneers of professional wrestling. But this individual surely revolutionized the business. The American dream, Dusty Rhodes, Virgil Runnels, a one-of-a-kind individual. And we here at SNS and BTB give our condolences to the family. He'll be surely missed. One of the, if not the greatest, arguably you could say he's the greatest, but without a shadow of a doubt, one of the greatest talkers, one of the most charismatic individuals in professional wrestling history. Dream, we know you're dreaming high above us now, looking down, and we'll forever remember you, and we'll no doubt let your legacy carry on and live on. Let the dream live on forever. In our hearts, on the WWE Network, and more, Dusty Rhodes will live on forever. The American dream will always be there in professional wrestling. Thank you, Dusty, for the memories, the moments, and all the smiles you put on the fans' faces. I just thank God that uh, there are people like yourself come out to see the American dream because when I was growing up, I sure didn't think 265 pounds of blue-eyed soul would captivate a country like a hell. The people drive me. The greatest sports attraction in the world today, the little plumber's son, who come out of the ditch and became so sweet. You know how to give and how to take. And you dig it. You see every hope I locked away. So pull me close and surrender to my heart. Dusty Rhodes, Dusty Rhodes has just become the world heavyweight wrestling champion. The fans beginning to clamor inside the ring. So pull me close and surrender My belly is just a little big. My heart is just a little big. But brother, I am bad and they know I'm bad. So come out, come out, come out. Won't you turn my soul into a raging fire? Come out, come out, come out. Till we lose control. The whole crowd is yelling, we want Dusty. <laughs> Into a raging fire. And hard times of when a man works a job for 30 years. 30 years. Yeah. And they give him a watch. Hey, it don't matter who you go be next year, Johnny Damon. Oh, 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 oh. There are some weird people here. Who? I haven't noticed. So it is, it is a great honor, especially standing here with my brother, to induct our father. And now I am so proud to present you our father, the American dream, Dusty Rhodes. If the flame goes out tonight, let your heart be next to mine. For the flame goes out tonight. We don't have to talk about what I've done or where I've been. You've met my two sons. I'm so proud of them. One thing is for sure, though, when you go back and you look at our industry, you look at passion. The passion I have for this industry is why I'm still here. You 
future years with the next team, the next generation. Get a dream, hold on to it, and shoot for the sky. I have been to the mountaintop, and it will take a hell of a man to knock me off. So, this is the American dream. And I'm going to tell you one thing. Happy trails to you. We meet again. Dusty Rhodes, one of a kind. I was going to throw out a recording summarizing the Dream's career and throwing it out there in in celebration of his life and times, but I don't want to throw it together. This is Dusty Rhodes, the Dream, if you will, and I want to do it right. Therefore, I've compiled it already, but I put some tweaks and fun finishing touches. And we will relive, we will chronicle the career of the American of the American dream, Dusty Rhodes, on a future installment of Beyond the Bell. And it will be coming soon, possibly within the summertime. We'll relive the dream's career, but I will be working on some content right now for you fans that you, you can expect over the next week or two, in which we'll cover some of the highlights, the most memorable moments in the dream's career mixed in with some of his greatest promos that I can do right and do quickly and have it released for you fans. So expect the next week or two could be in between some certain episodes, a special covering the best promos and moments of the American dream, Dusty Rhodes. And when we return right after this quick timeout, it's time for your feedback fans, your questions, your comments, your memories of world-class championship wrestling our first ever fan q a plus world-class music coming up after this quick break don't go anywhere get ready to relive world-class championship wrestling one more time here on beyond the bell he's known the world over as the shield dean ambrose but before he was a hound of justice he was john moxley Join us as we highlight John Moxley's Combat Zone wrestling career and watch some of his toughest matches in the ultra-violent playground known as the Combat Zone. Watch his distinct mix of unpredictability and hardcore fury come together in some of the best pure wrestling matches as well as death matches Combat Zone wrestling has ever seen. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the best of John Moxley. old school fans let's kick it off with our first question who are the wrestlers depicted in the actual wccw logo well the u.s patent and trademark office's record for the logo contains this the following statement the portrait shown on the drawing is not the likeness of any particular living individual however according to kevin von eric the logo does depict two living individuals namely kevin on top applying the iron claw and legend and now wb hall of famer 
Tatsumi Fujinami. So go take a look at the WCCW logo. I'm sure it'll be the main icon for this post at ringannouncing.com and btbcast.com. Don't forget snsradionetwork.com. But supposedly it's Kevin giving the claw to Tatsumi Fujinami. Our first song of the night is for David Von Erich. One of the most iconic themes for David in WCCW was sung by Pat Benatar. The title, Fire and Ice. Since we're getting into the music side of things for World Class, the question came about was involving music. Was WCCW the first promotion to use music for its wrestlers' entrances? Well, strictly speaking, no. 
The use of entrance music in modern pro wrestling goes all the way back to the original Gorgeous George, who would toss his famed George pins into the crowd to the tune of Sir Edward Elgar's Pomp and Circumstance March Number 1, which we all know Pomp and Circumstance to be WWE Hall of Famer, the Macho Man, Randy Savage's theme. Later pioneers of this included Lonnie Moondog Maine, who has a baby face during the mid-70s, entered, to the, entered the ring to the Ballad of Moondog Maine. The fabulous Freebirds, like we documented, who began using Leonard Skinner's classic rock anthem of the same name in Southern promotions in the late 70s. And Leroy Brown, Jim Croce's bad boy Leroy Brown, of all things, of course, would be his theme. But the use of popular songs for nearly every top wrestler's ring entrance, however, was indeed a world-class innovation, if you look back at it. This approach was quickly copied by other 1980s promotions and was eventually taken to its logical extreme by the WWE. Now, even mid-card superstars have their trademark themes. Even jobbers will come out to a theme. And included with themes are now, of course, Titantron entrance videos. But to wrap it up, WCCW was one of the innovators of entrance music for superstars, wrestlers competing. It revolutionized the industry. And now we cannot think of having wrestlers come out without entrance music. Even on the independent scene, they, I announce on all my shows, they always bring their disc with their songs. Amazing. Even indie workers have to come out to their theme. Now, with independent workers, you can use actual you know, uh, themes, you know, actual songs that are popular, what have you, because they're not broadcast on national television. Once you get into television, TV rights, you can't use copyrighted music. It has to be approved. That's involves with even DVD releases for from the WWE, where they have to dub over certain songs because they don't have the rights to it, or have to pay fees, which in turn they don't want to for certain superstars unless they really have to. But all this stem from world class and their use of entrance music. Another top entrance song in WCCW was for the legendary Hall of Famer, the Junkyard Dog. Queen sang Another One Bites the Dust.
on the topic of entrance music, why is the entrance music for WCCW wrestlers being deleted from footage released by WWE on DVD and sh- and shown on the WWE Network? I kind of mentioned this in the uh, previous question. Now, we realize the practice is upsetting to many of the world-class fans who want to relive the original viewing and the actual original experience. And frankly, you know, I'm not crazy about it either. But however, the deletion of entrance songs with the sole exception of Michael Michael Hayes' Bad Street USA, of course. It's an unfortunate reality. That's why we're playing theme songs today and the other two editions, so you can get a feel of what these songs sounded like for the superstars you're seeing on DVDs and the network. You know, the unfortunate reality is that it's far less expensive for WWE to create their own music in-house, you know, or simply not include the wrestlers' entrances at all. You know, it... If they did, they have to pay the soaring music licensing fees, and it really adds up. Fox Video's 2007 release of the popular late 70s sitcom WKRP in Cincinnati's first season provided a good illustration of the problem that companies releasing music-heavy DVDs are faced with. Because the DJ characters were seen playing the hits of the day in literally every episode, virtually all the music used in the series had to be replaced for home video. Here's an example for that. The average rights to a license uh, to license a song for DVD release by a major rock band like, you know, you could say Kiss or you know, Foreigner Fleetwood Mac, you know, you, you name it. It could be up to $10,000 per song. Even more with all those fees adding up, you know, it, the company or any company would never make a profit back. So in turn, you would have to either eliminate it 
use different music or which we've seen at times you've used spin-off pseudo the Dale Oliver versions of uh, WCCW themes now those of you, that, you that know Dale Oliver he's the music producer for TNA and what's notable and <laughs> a common not joke but you know um, amusement for pro wrestling fans and people in the industry is that when former WWE superstars come over to TNA, Dale Oliver makes a cover version of their federation, when it was known as the Fed, of their WWE theme, like Christian coming on board using a version of Just Close Your Eyes, Booker T's version of Rap Sheet. But the only superstar, or the main one I could think of, I'm sure there are others, but that came over to TNA but used a completely different theme then his WWE theme was Kurt Angle, in which he used a movie, a wrestling movie inspired theme, rather than his previous, you know, the theme metal, which with the with the You Suck chance. But getting off on a tangent, it's mainly due to licensing, you know, and that's why even on ECW releases, you won't see the themes or won't hear the, the actual themes being played on ECW television rebroadcasts. Licensing fees can be a pain, but that's why tonight. We can do it. We're not charging, of course, for the podcast, and it's not being played on the network. Now, if things happen in the future of Beyond the Bell and certain releases happen or we go certain places, we may have to take out the, this music portion of the show, of course. But now we can have you relive and enjoy the actual themes for WCCW. And another popular theme in World Class, one of my favorite themes not just for wrestling, but in general. It was so cool of a theme. I love hearing the beat. ZZ Top. Sharp Dressed Man was the song for Jimmy Garvin and the Fantastics.
this next question will take things on a different turn, to say the least. Bruiser Brody, one of the more popular world-class stars. Of course, we know of his unfortunate passing and his terrible murder. A lot of questions came as to what was the story behind the death of Bruiser Brody. First off, I want to thank Emerson Murray's excellent biography of Bruiser Brody, which I recommend purchasing and go through Amazon through the SNS link so you can read all the details there. But we now know from that release that World Wrestling Council co-owner Booker Jose Gonzalez's horrific act was from all appearances the result of a 12-year grudge that for unknown reasons ultimately came to a head in Puerto Rico. Gonzalez's anger toward Brody, according to Tony Atlas, stemmed from a match that took place when both men worked for the Worldwide Wrestling Federation and in the bout at the Nassau Coliseum, I think my dad even attended, it was July 24th, my dad's actual birthday in 76. He was there, I believe he witnessed it in person, where Atlas says that Brody gave the mid-card worker Gonzalez a furious and relentless beating during the match, allowing him no offense whatsoever, to where his lip almost got torn off. Atlas and S.D. Jones, upon finding a battered, bloody, enraged Gonzalez, was yelling out his open car window and driving in circles around the Coliseum parking lot later that night, of course screaming for Brody, and he urged him to get medical attention. In the book, Atlas chillingly recalls Gonzalez's words as when he's being driven to the hospital, one day I'm going to kill that SOB. Pretty sick to hear that, right? Exactly what led Gonzalez to finally carry out the vow still is a mystery, of course. But although there's been some disputes between the two regarding finishes, Brody had worked with them in Puerto Rico on numerous occasions in the, in the 80s without any serious incident. But although the killing was in no way justified by what took place a dozen years prior, or by any disagreement he may have had with Brody over the years, Atlas's re recollection does go a long way toward explaining, you know, the, the mindset in Gonzalez's frame of mind on the tragic evening of July 16th, 1988. So in a tribute to Bruiser Brody, this song was used for a music video on world-class television displaying the charisma, the intensity that was Bruiser Brody. Another is easy top song. I'm bad, I'm nationwide. Shoes. They smoke and love 
pretty stoked. A friend of mine told me about gazelle.com. They paid me cash for my used iPhone. Cash I used to get my new iPhone. Before Gazelle, I would just keep my old phones in this drawer. Gazelle made it easy. Gazelle made it so easy. Shipping was free. Gazelle paid me fast. My phone was worth 150 bucks. What? Do yourself a favor. Get on your little www. Gazelle.com. You can find out a Gazelle. It is a website. One of the most common and popular questions I received from you fans was involving the world-class curse. 
is there really a world-class curse? And yes, we know the question was raised in the Heroes of World Class, and as everyone knows, many of WCCW's performers, including a number of its biggest stars, are no longer with us. We just talked about Bruiser Brody. All that being said, the answer is no. There's no curse. It's very easy to prove this as well. Although there were now well over 50 deceased world-class alumni, note that only three of the workers on the list were actually working for WCCW at the time they passed away. David and Mike Von Erich, Gino Hernandez, or those to name exact. All the rest had either moved on to the promotions or died after WCCW had folded. Also, if one is going to count deceased former members of a promotion's roster as victims of a curse, then you can argue that there's also a curse associated with WWE, ECW, WCW, or any of the old territorial promotions. Now, you could deal with the folklore and the, the myth or the mystical side of a curse, but if you look at it as a whole, it's, it's upsetting and saddening, but you know, professional wrestling can be known as a cursed profession, cursed industry. There's and in, in, in any industry you could deal with, you know, mythical curses or coincidences, but it's it's unfortunate. But world class was a top promotion, and a lot of stars came through it, so things are bound to happen. One of the most popular songs in world class history took place on May sixth, nineteen eighty four, at WCCW Parade of Champions. David Von Erich came out to Texas. When I Die by Tanya Tucker. This got the crowd going and was the epitome of what Texas and world class was. A match made in heaven. When I die, I may not go to heaven.
let's talk about the fabulous Freebirds. A popular question I received involved the Freebirds leaving the WWF so quickly after their departure from WCCW. Now, there are two stories regarding this, both of which have validity. The Birds actually began working TV squash matches for the WWF in early August of 84, about a month before leaving WCCW. About a month before leaving WCCW. With Cindy Lauper's boyfriend manager Dave Wolf and on one occasion Lauper herself in their corner. However, some sites, for instance, the history of WWE.com, shows that they were gone from the Federation by the end of September. The story that has been widely reported is that Vince McMahon was mainly interested in signing Michael Hayes, not the group. Michael Hayes actually had a $250,000 deal with Elektra Records, but walked away from it when he left the Federation. And of course, something he has since admitted to regretting. Really, the WWF wanted Michael out of the trio due to his look, his charisma, speaking ability, and its desire to cash in on the rock and wrestling connection by making a wrestler into a rock star. The record deal was arranged by Cindy Lauper's manager, Dave Wolf, and Gordon Roberts were afterthoughts. As a result, they knew it, and they weren't happy about it. They actually left the promotion ahead of Hayes, who stayed on a little bit longer, but in turn, he eventually departed as well. But then there is also the, another story, which is very much a believable one as well, given the bird's reputation as round-the-clock party animals. It's entirely plausible here. You know, Buddy, the story was that Buddy was so drunk, Buddy Roberts, so intoxicated, during a six-man, he fell asleep in the corner, standing up on the ring apron. Then Vince called the boys into the locker room, or into his office in the locker room, to yell at him. And after about ten minutes of blasting him, he noticed that not only was Buddy asleep, but so was Terry. Now, what, whatever you believe, both are plausible stories. Some would say maybe the simplified one is the better one, but could it actually happen to wrestlers sleeping in front of Vince McMahon? I tend to believe the, the first story of, the, of them wanting Michael Hayes. He's been with the company for, for decades now, you know, and Vince likes him, obviously. You know, he's still there after everything that's happened with his career and controversy and, and issues and whatnot, but you could... You could see both stories being very valid, to say the least. Now we're talking Freebirds. It wasn't just Bad Street USA that was their theme as they came to the ring. In 1973, they came to the ring via a song by Leonard Skinnerd. Freebird. Makes sense, right? Freebird theme for the Freebirds. A great song for the fabulous trio.
question I received multiple times involves WCCW's syndicated show. Why was the theme song for their syndicated show changed in 1987? The change occurred as a result of Fritz von Erich's decision to go with a new production company. After five years with KXTX and, and Continental Productions, a partnership that resulted in massive national and international syndication success for the promotion, Fritz turned the show over to Lee Martin Productions, a company with ties to then Dallas Cowboys principal owner, the late Harvey R. Bum, a.k.a. Bum Bright. Martin, a former Dallas-area sportscaster, to the knowledge from my research, had no previous association with professional wrestling, and his group together decided to spice things up a bit, literally, by replacing WCCW's well-known trumpeteer and brass theme and jazzed it up a bit, literally, with a piece of saxophone-driven library music, reportedly entitled Love on the Run, the new theme seemed far better suited for a smooth jazz radio station than a professional wrestling program. This tune was replaced after a few weeks by an equally generic but more up-tempo number. When Fritz left the sport altogether and sold World Class to Kevin Carey and former booker Ken Mantell later in the year, Continental Productions, which already had been used by Mantell for his Wild West Wrestling promotion show after the split from World Class, was brought back as a production company for WCCW syndicated show. Continental kept the video from Lee Martin Productions' title sequence, consisting of nighttime shots of various locations in Dallas, but restored the popular original theme song and theme music that we know and love to this very day. One of the songs that I most remember from World Class Championship Wrestling, and it's so fitting for the 80s, was uh, dedicated for the Dingo Warrior. 
from the Footloose original soundtrack, Holding Out for a Hero by Bonnie Tyler was used for the Dingo Warrior. So let's take you to the Footloose special as the Dingo Warrior, Holding Out for a Hero.
a popular question. What was a Thunderdome match? Obviously inspired by the 1985 film Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, this was an elimination, usually a 10-man tag team match, inside a cage. Each wrestler who was eliminated was handcuffed to the cage. And then the winning team was awarded five minutes to inflict as much punishment on the losers as they could, which turned out to be very little, at least in the one Thunderdome bout that was televised as a taped feature, a quote-unquote taped feature on championship sports. I'm sure you can guess why, of course. The cuff wrestlers were still perfectly free to fend off their attackers by kicking at them, which they did for the full five minutes. Like the Triple Dome of Terror, this gimmick was introduced in 1988, shortly after Ken Mantel's return to world class. It was mostly abandoned when Jerry Jarrett took over the territory, although a couple of Thunderdome matches did take place in mid-1989. I'll try to get some of those Thunderdome matches up on our Greatest Matches section. Chris Adams' babyface theme came from Full Moon Fever in 1989, I Won't Back Down, by Tom Petty.
Another cool question I got was I was asking, was the idea of a brother versus brother angle involving the Von Erichs ever considered? Did any of the brothers ever wrestle each other in a match? According to referee James Beard and others, an angle pitting Kevin and Kerry against one another was indeed proposed during the USWA era. The idea got as far as being hinted at on air by Mark Lawrence during an interview with Kerry, who basically laughed it off, but was ultimately scrapped, reportedly because Kevin felt uncomfortable with the angle. It's quite possible that Fritz may have objected strongly to it as well. Kevin and Kerry, however, are known to have wrestled each other on at least two occasions, one of them being a workout match in Fort Worth as part of the buildup for Kerry's classic on August 15, 1982, world title match with Nature Boy Ric Flair at Reunion Arena, which Flair's workout opponent that evening was Brian Adius. The other, mentioned by Kevin in his RF video shoot interview, took place on the advice of Fritz after their scheduled opponents, the Freebirds, no-showed a sold-out card in Abilene, Texas. A classic 80s song by Van Halen, Jump, was used for a music video dedicated to Kevin Von Erich.
couple of questions come in about Glenn Goza, the singer-songwriter who wrote Heaven Needed a Champion. So let's tell you about Glenn. To be honest, it's very hard to find any info. Very little info was found on Goza, who appears to have toiled in obscurity for much of his musical career. As of this date, we only know of a few non-WCCW-related songs he wrote, either for himself or others. He had a single for uh, dedicated for The Box, The Incredible Shrinking Man in the 60s. The 1975 single, Where It Not So, Oh Daddy O, on the Macho Music label. Um, some other no-names, but Heaven Needed a Champion. Goes his moving eulogy in song for David Von Erich and Rasslin, his celebration of pro graphs, and specifically WCCW, as the sport of the working class, are undoubtedly his best-known songs, of course, especially in professional wrestling. In addition, Goza also wrote My Dad Can Whip Your Dad for Chris Von Erich, the tune that was released as a 45 RPM single around 84-85, but to the best of anyone's recollection and any, I dare you to try to find any more information, it was never promoted or even mentioned on any WCCW telecast. Copies of the record can occasionally be found on eBay if you look. But by far, Heaven Needed a Champion was one of the most infamous and memorable songs in Glenn Goza's career. A great tribute video for World Class. family name with pride boldly you went forward did the things a lesser man might not have ever done a tornado from the Texas plains you came and changed our lives now you're gone with the Lone Star State emblazoned on your battle togs proclaiming you a native son with strength and love and pride You're the morning star that shined For one brief moment in eternity And all too soon God called you to his side Heaven needed a champion That's why he took you Heaven needed a champion But God knows we need you too Heaven needed a champion That's why he took you Heaven needed a champion But God knows Ah, but 
day that light that shines will lose its brilliance and the songs we sing will all be forgotten too but even then the memory of David Von Erich will be fresh and sweet and ever new Heaven needed a chance God knows we need you too Heaven needed a champion That's why he took you Heaven needed a champion But God knows we need you too Skandar Akbar throw fireballs. The general, according to former referee James Beard, did this with some sort of chemical mixture. However, most wrestlers who have used the fireball gimmick have done it by igniting flash paper, as Hollywood Hogan in the Warrior match. This would be sheets of uh, some substance which would burn brightly within a fraction of a second, commonly used by magicians, and it's done with a cigarette lighter. The late Ed Farhat, the Hall of Famer who wrestled as the Sheik, was probably the most famous practitioner of the trick, other than Akbar. Flash paper is sold damp with distilled water in a resealable bag, and for obvious reasons, must be stored that way for, uh, until 24 hours before you're ready to use it. Whereupon it must be air-dried one sheet at a time. As with any pyrotechnic material, trying it at home is not recommended, folks and kids, huh? Although it burns quickly, it's still quite hazardous unless you know exactly what you're doing. All right? Don't try this at home, kids. The Major League of Professional Wrestling scene around the world and across the nation. And this edition coming direct from the Cotton Bowl at the famous State Fair of Texas here in Dallas, Texas. Hi, everybody. I'm Bill Mercer. We've got a record crowd on hand for this momentous occasion. The return of Mike Von Erich and a tremendous card featuring... The one-man gang and Iceman King Parsons at a Texas title match. The champion, Brian Adias, being challenged by Jack Vickery. But right now, let's turn our attention to another outstanding talent, Glenn Goza, as he sings wrestling. Thank you. Thank you. I said, come in to work. I just hung up on that slave driving jerk. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. You think I'd rather be sweating on the dock or watching somebody use a hammer lock? I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. I love to watch the missing link bang his head on a corner post. And the romper, bumper, butt butt delivered by the eyes, man. The Freebirds, Roberts, Hayes, and Gordy, but what I like the most is Kerry delivering the iron call as only the Von Erichs can. 
Pop called again, said it's time and a half. You'll come in tonight, and I just had to laugh. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Well, my girlfriend called a friend. She could be a model for Fredericks of Hollywood, but she was hassled. Really hassled. Said I could come over early and stay real late, but I told her, honey, if we have a date, we're going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. There's Kevin Von Erich when he's really high in flight. Silver-haired Ric Flair when he's out there strutting. Andre the Giant must be seven foot nine. I wouldn't miss this for a dozen girls. I wouldn't miss this for a I said, honey, I hope you ain't hurt. She said, I'm putting on my wrestling shirt. I'm going to wrestle. Going to wrestle. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's rest. Well, last night I dreamed my life was over. There were golden streets and fields of clover and the lights. They were dazzling. I looked for old St. Peter at the pearly gates. I found a note that said, I won't be too late. I'm going to rest. Going to rest. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's rest. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. There's gentleman Chris Adams with his super kick in place. There's young Mike Von Erich with his own iron club. And I'll never forget the classic battles of the 70s and 80s. Two champions, Harley Race and David Von Erich. St. Peter told me as he let me in from now on every Monday and Friday, Jim, we're going to wrestling. Another popular question I got was, which WWE DVDs, other than Triumph and Tragedy, include Von Erich's WCCW footage as extras? As of the last releases, towards 2014 into 2015, outside of the network, of course. In the most powerful Families in Wrestling DVD by WWE, you can see a six-man tag team match from Star Wars 81 featuring Kevin, David, and Kerry. Uh, also, they, they were taking on Wild Bill Irwin from Christmas Star Wars 81. Uh, on the spectacular legacy of the AWA DVD, Kerry took on Jerry Lawler from Super Clash 3, also included in, in the greatest wrestling stars of the 80s, minus the post-match interviews. The Ally Powers, the world's greatest tag teams DVD, Kevin and Kerry took on Michael Hayes and Terry Gordy in a country whipping match from November 4th, 1983. From the WWE Legends of Wrestling DVD featuring Jerry Lawler and the Junkyard Dog, I think the Round Table, Kerry and Michael Hayes are the heels in a USWA Memphis tag bout from January 22nd, 1989, squaring off against Lawler and Jimmy Boogie Woogie Man Valiant 
the disc was also released as part of the Legends of Wrestling 3-disc box set. You could pick that up as well. The Shawn Michaels story, Heartbreak and Triumph. HBK, before HBK, Shawn Michaels took on Billy Jack Haynes in January of 85. Also, speaking of Shawn Michaels, in his DVD My Journey, Shawn's other squash match from the same early 85 taping in which he's thoroughly annihilated by the one-man gang. The Nature Boy Ric Flair, the definitive collection, Flair versus Kerry from the Reunion Arena, August 15th, 82, not the August 24th date, as the DVD says, but it's also included in the greatest cage matches of all time DVD. Then in the top 25 rivalries in wrestling history edition, the Von Erichs Freebirds feud ranked number six is represented by a February 1988 Bad Street Rules match pitting Kevin and Kerry against Gordian Roberts. Also included is a July 87 Bruiser Brody Abdullah the Butcher brawl, which was number 22. And the number one rivalry, believe it or not, of course, and that was Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Vince McMahon. And the last one, disc one of the ultimate Ric Flair collection, WD's first Flair set that they had, also includes a segment taped by KTVT for Jim Crockett Promotions in which David Manning interviews then NWA World Champ Harley Race regarding his upcoming Star K83 title defense against Flair. In an assuming flub, commentator Gordon Sully claims as does an on-screen graphic that this is airing via satellite from Kansas City, even though Manning clearly states that it's from Will Rogers Coliseum. To see the interview, go to the chapter on Harley Race and click on the NBA press conference and fast forward to at the four-minute mark on that DVD. So these are outside the network, some of the uh, hidden gems in WWE DVD releases. Eric Embry had a great babyface run in WCCW, and his theme as a babyface was by Loverboy, Turn Me Loose. Thank you. 
old schoolers, WCCW fans, the last question on tonight's special for part one. we got two more coming for you. Fans, don't worry. But the last question tonight, why was championship sports canceled? In September of 1990, Jerry Jarrett, after a financial dispute with Kevin and Kerry, who had been minority owners during the USWA period, sold his 60% share of the promotion back to the brothers. Although Jarrett did retain control of the syndication network, which continued to produce weekly USWA programs taped in other cities, Kevin made an attempt to keep the promotion going at the Sportatorium, reverting back to the world-class name and bringing back Mark Lawrence and Bill Mercer as ring announcers and commentators, but was apparently unable to afford a weekly TV production at that point. There were also reports that frequent on-air profanity and angles involving violence against women, including one in which John Tatum delivered a brutally stiff superkick to the head of superstar Bill Dundee's valet, Tessa, led KTVTs to pull the plug on the show. After repeated warnings to tone down the its increasingly objectionable content, now objectionable quote-unquote, however, this supposedly happened at virtually the same time as Jarrett's departure, which we mentioned just before. It would have killed the show anyway due to a lack of financing. Shortly after Championship Sports went off the air, though, KTVT began airing programming from the World Wrestling Federation, which would not allow stations on which its shows aired to run advertising for competing promotions, including Kevin's. Consequently, you know, he was only able to keep the revived WCCW going for a very short time before throwing in the towel in late November of that year. As a Sportatorium concession stand worker stated in a newspaper, and it was an interview at the time, he stated that, I think after they lost the television, a lot of people assumed it was closed. So I guess the old has to give away for the new. And that could wrap up in a very short, short phrase, the history of and legacy of WCCW. Let's take it home with our last song, fans, when Iceman King Parsons was a babyface. Our last song, folks, dedicated to Iceman King Parsons. This was his babyface theme, but also used as the championship sports commercial bumper, as it fits that last question. Celebration by Cool and the Gang. and 
Class Fanatics, that concludes our first ever Q&A on Beyond the Bell, and this time covering World Class Championship Wrestling. We have multiple milestone editions of World Class covering the history of the Texas-based promotion, and from that we we received so many comments from you fans, and I'm glad we're able to respond to some of the questions. And we have plenty more questions to cover, two more editions of questions. And also, more importantly in one one aspect, is the interaction that we can continue to share together from fans to the host of Beyond the Bell and the SNS Radio Network. And I want more of that. So keep sending your questions in, not just on World Class, but 
anything we cover on BTB. And I think it's really good to do these post shows after we chronicle a whole company or a Hall of Famer legend of the industry. And I would like to do that with previous promotions, and we will do that coming up with ECW, as we'll cover some of the milestones in lieu of our ECW 101 series ending a couple months ago. We will return covering the most extreme moments in ECW history, and comments that you fans shared and questions regarding these moments that you've uh, expressed want to discuss further on Beyond the Bell. So that will be upcoming, a part of fan appreciation season during the summer season here of Beyond the Bell. And we'll go back to cover some of our previous installments. As we cover WCW, we have plenty to discuss about WCW especially the chaos in the latter years, but we can compile a series of Q&As involving WCW and I'm sure we'll want to talk about our next 101 series in which we'll cover the AWA stay tuned fans for that one that's going to be a great series on BTB But stay tuned in the coming weeks also, the Stone Cold Chronicles returns, highlighting Stone Cold's return to professional wrestling in 2003. Then we jump back 10 years to 1993 and the Horseman Files. As we continue on, this is, I've said multiple times, (laughs) right now the longest running series in Beyond the Bell history as it's two years in the making covering on a yearly basis the Four Horsemen and now we're up to 1993 a very transitional year for the four horsemen that will be covered in the next couple weeks on beyond the bell extreme moments ecw so much more plus reliving the legendary career of the american dream dusty Rhodes. Throughout all this, you can stay connected socially to Beyond the Bell at BTBCast, at Ring Announcing, and at Sean Beckerman, the three Twitter accounts associated with this show and myself. Purchase SNS merchandise under SNS Shop at SNSRadioNetwork.com. Also, I didn't boast about it enough on our last edition. We are now, Beyond the Bell is now on Player.fm. You can download the app for smartphone users. You can also listen online on your desktop at work, if you will. Player.fm, a new site now connected with Beyond the Bell. Also, our older shows are up on SoundCloud that we'll be expanding over the next few months. We'll pay more attention to that part of our business. RingAnnouncing.com, BTBcast.com, and like I mentioned, SNSRadioNetwork.com are your homes for the archive of Beyond the Bell. Over 160-plus shows in the books. If you are coming in late on the boat ride that is Beyond the Bell, you can go back and relive our robust archive of shows covering all things retro and wrestling. It's really great to listen to, and now a great compliment with the WWE Network. Support Beyond the Bell by going through our affiliates, in which we mentioned throughout this program. Gazelle, a big partner with us, and I, for one, will be utilizing Gazelle once again as the new iPhone 7 rumored to be coming out shortly in just a couple months, and I will pay for part of that iPhone with selling back my old phone to Gazelle. 
We've done it, my wife and I, over the past couple of years with our phones, and we've made some pretty good change to put towards our new phone. Say you're borderline on whether or not to get the bigger size phone to hold more gigabytes, to hold more of the Beyond the Bell podcasts. You can pay for that and help take some of that extra chunk of money off the top by trading in your phone at gazelle.com as well as you could purchase refurbished phones, tablets, you name it, at gazelle.com. But go directly through btbcast.com or ringannouncing.com to get a little give a little help to BTB so we can get a kickback to keep things moving and help grow beyond the bell as one of my goals really is to have an interactive live live really a live symposium of old school fans as we can all discuss topics have it recorded and be able to interact on a live basis maybe somewhere around SummerSlam season as it's gonna be in Brooklyn my hometown or possibly next year in Dallas for WrestleMania all that can be a big help from a cost perspective by going through our affiliates. So just keep that in mind, fans, and I appreciate all your support already. I truly value all of your feedback, whether it's an email thanking me, saying that I did a great job, or an email saying you missed this, or you forgot about this, what about this? Your input is so vital, and I thank you, fans, so much for interacting here on BTB. So that wraps up our special Q&A covering WCCW. More to come. Two more editions with your questions, comments, and music of world-class championship wrestling. We're going to take it home in spirit, if you will, of the American dream Dusty Rhodes. No old-school theme dedicated to WCCW. We scratched that. We're going to take it home with one of the most infamous promos. And I'm sure you've heard it before over the past few days, especially with the news passing just last week of the dream. But you've heard it many times, and it's always good to hear it one more time. The Hard Times promo. And I'm sure you'll be hearing this specific promo during our Dusty Road special coming up in just a few short days. But we'll take it home with the Hard Times promo. You can never hear it too much. Talk about hard times as we'll take it home to one of the greatest promos, not just of the Dream's career, but one of the greatest promos, promos in professional wrestling history. The Dream, the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, takes it home. Talk about hard times on Beyond the Bell. So until our next edition, folks, we're back and better than ever and ready to bring you more old school wrestling. This is your conduit, your party host, Sean Beckerman, signing off. Till next time, stay dreaming, my old school friends. Here is the American dream, Dusty Rhodes. And Dusty, your fans welcome you back, man. First of all, I would like to thank the many, many fans throughout this country that wrote cards and letters to Dusty Rhodes, the American dream, while I was down. Secondly, I want to thank Jim Crockett Promotions for waiting and taking the time because I know how important it was. Starcade 85, it is to the resident fans, it is to Jim Crockett Promotions. And Dusty Rhodes, the American dream, with that weight, got what I wanted. Ric Flair, the world's heavyweight champion. 
I don't have to say a lot more about the way I feel about Ric Flair. No respect, no honor. There is no honor among thieves in the first place. He put hard times on Dusty Rhodes and his family. You don't know what hard times are, Daddy. Hard times are when the textile workers around this country are out of work and got four or five kids and can't pay their wages, can't buy their food. Hard times are when the auto workers are out of work and they tell them go home. And hard times are when a man has worked at a job 30 years. 30 years. They give him a watch, kick him in the butt, and say, hey, a computer took your place, Daddy. That's hard times. That's hard time. And Ric Flair, you put hard times on this country by taking Dusty Rhodes out. That's hard time. And we all had hard times together. I admit I don't look like the athlete of the day supposed to look. My belly's just a little big. My hand is just a little big. But brother, I am bad and they know I'm bad. And there were two bad people. One was John Wayne and he's dead, brother. And the other one's right here. Nature Boy Ric Flair. The world's heavyweight title belongs to these people. I'm gonna reach out right now. I want you at home to know my hand is touching your hand for this gathering of the biggest body of people in this country, in this universe, all over the world now. Reach it out because the love that was given me and this time I will repay you now because I will be the next world's heavyweight champion on this hard time blues. Dusty Rhodes Tour 85 and Ric Flair, Nature Boy. Let me leave you with this. One way to hurt Ric Flair is to take what he cherishes more than anything in the world. That's the world's heavyweight title. I'm gonna take it, I've been there twice. This time when I take it, Daddy, I'm gonna take it for you. Let's gather for it. Don't let me down now, cause I came back for you, for that man up there that died 10, 12 years ago and never got the opportunity to see a real Wolf champion. And I'm proud of you and thank God I have you. And I love you. Love you!